Welcome back to the Sideline Eye Podcast, where we have another excellent show lined up for you today. Joining us is Armagh and Cross McGlenn legend Aaron Kiernan, who will look back on Armagh's 2005 season and discuss his side's three championship meetings with rivals Tyrone. Armagh fans need no reminder of how the trilogy played out, and Aaron Kiernan will reflect on the heartache of that All-Ireland semi-final defeat, as well as the relief of claiming the Ulster title after a replay. We'll now hear from Aaron Kiernan as we look back on all three games that year. McDonald lays it off. Aaron Kiernan coming in as he did against Derry. Dangerous moment here, chance of a point, and it's over the bar. Welcome to the Sideline Eye podcast, Aaron. Um, obviously, in recent weeks, there's been announcements. Football's coming back. Are you glad to see it back? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's safe to say. This past few months has been a shock to everybody's systems, um, and we do take our football seriously. But um, I just think what was going on in, in the country and worldwide um, it definitely took precedence. But um, my feeling always was that um, sport, uh, particularly uh, GA for ourselves, uh, would play a huge role in helping getting some sort of normality back into into our lives. Um, I suppose only whenever we hit lockdown that we realised just how important um, and how much our, our, our weeks revolved around sport and um, so um, I think definitely for uh, a few aspects in terms of um, obviously physically for, for those who are able to get out and play um, it, it's a huge plus um, and I'm able to, to meet up with friends and teammates again um, so there's definitely a social aspect but then our supporters um you know, it just it gives them a, a focal point of their week and um, something to look forward to. So I think physically and mentally, um, it'll it'll be a huge boost to, to every community across the county, and uh, one we're all definitely looking forward to. And have you been finding training? I know maybe you're allowed to train in small wee groups just at the minute. Is that the sort of approach you've taken? Yeah, it, it's not. But to be honest with you, I haven't even done any of that as of yet. Um, we were just getting our, our, our program in terms of um, stuff to, to keep working away at um, each week uh, individually. And unfortunately, just locally across here, we don't have um, there's no public facilities for us. So um, with the with the pitches and that there being locked, uh, I've been doing plenty of biking and rowing and um, luckily we have a, a home gym here um, that we can keep ourselves busy in but uh, getting back into the field getting back with a football in our hands is definitely something that we were looking forward to because it was something that we definitely took for granted um, Obviously this year the target for you is to get a 17th county medal how do you keep finding the motivation and last year did you ever think of hanging up the boots? Uh, no definitely not Um it didn't come into the thinking of, of retirement. Um, I suppose uh, it's probably just come from um, 
childhood growing up um, and trying to follow the lead of so many good people that went before me. Um, thinking of the likes of your Paul Hardys or Austin's, those guys, they just turned up all the time, um, ready, willing for action. Um, and I probably just tried to follow suit. Uh, in terms of the motivation that, that you have, everything sort of goes through different phases. You start out trying to prove yourself um, and trying to earn respect to your teammates and then you become maybe a, an established player who's expected to um, set the set the right example, um, you know, try and lead by example all the time. And uh, so really now it's got to the stage where it's try to stay fit, stay healthy and enjoy whatever football I have. But in terms of the, the leadership and the responsibility it, it's really now been handed over to to the next generation coming through because it's it's really their team now it's up to them to to go on and create their own bit of history or their own legacy within the group um, my input is uh, obviously just a bit of experience um, you know try and uh, be an ear uh, for boys uh, to help them along but in terms of the actual real drive and, and being a motivator within the group um that has probably passed me by now at this stage and it's, it's definitely there's, there's a new crop coming through who are hungry for, for their own success and it's it's enjoyable being part of that there too because um, you feed off their energy and um, how keen they are um, so I think that's what gives us just a good blend within the club at the minute that there's maybe four or five of my own age bracket and then you have a, a complete fresh new crop um, who've sort of started out on their own journey within the club you know this past three or four years. And then the news broke last week that the RMA was going to go for a knockout championship format is that something you'd be happy enough with or what's your thoughts on that? To be honest with you, it didn't really bother me either way. Uh, I was very fearful a month ago that we might see no action at all. Um, so uh, I, I thought maybe we might have stuck to the to the group stages um, and, and potentially then played maybe league football with other county players after championship. But um, I can definitely see the merit in trying to, to give clubs uh, a couple of league games first and, and build up the championship. And I, I suppose really it, it's not too long ago that knockout championship is all that we had within Armagh. Um, so given the year that it's been um, and you know what has happened, I don't think really we can have too many complaints. Uh, everyone's in the same boat here uh, in terms of the, the level of preparation that we're going to have and you know, is the lack of game time, um, the, the lack of focus on our skills. So it, it may not be early on the highest of standard, but um, I think as, as the weeks go on, um, I definitely think it's starting to see people adjusting to it and um, we see the, the quality coming up towards the latter stage of the championship. Uh, and then we say if it is a case where we still get to continue on to play a bit of league football into winter, um, for me that's absolutely brilliant because it shortens winter um, in general uh, for players, but it's been a long year already. So uh, the, the more games that we can get with our club uh, between now and the new year, um, I'll definitely be happy. Uh, and so, Aaron, we're doing this podcast based on the um, 2005 season with Arma. Obviously, the three games against Throne was the the main thing about that year. That was your championship debut you made against Fermanagh, wasn't it? 
It was, yeah. I was on the senior panel. Um, I joined at late 03 uh, in preparation for the, the 04 um, year, but i never seen any action at all. Um, got most of me football that year. County was the uh, the under-21 run, um, and uh, I think that really stood to me in terms of just giving me a, a confidence boost that you were capable of making a step up of county level. Um, obviously, like having been in an All-Ireland final at senior level, the county was in, in 02 and 03. Uh, you were joining a, a really confident and established squad, so it was always going to take a bit of time. Um, but yeah, I was delighted that I got in for the latter stages of the league in uh, in 05 and we'd gone in, from memory I think we'd gone on a really good run where we'd maybe lost the first day out against Wexford and we went on beating and beat Mayo in a league semi-final in Croke Park and then beat Wexford in the league final in Croke Park so um, yeah I, I was starting to really find my feet and, and I was delighted to be starting uh, against Fermanagh in, in the first round in 05 and it was a uh, it was a massive game for us uh, after what happened in the quarter-final the year before. Um, and that league game against um, Waxford, was that your first game in Croke Park playing for Armagh? Actually, the league semi-final was down to be played in, in Hyde Park and Roscommon. And I remember we stayed over on the Saturday night in the Hudson Bay Hotel um, woke up on the Sunday morning and it was absolutely lashing out heavens word come through the game was was called off so we made our way home and the only thing that sort of uh, helped to ease the annoyance in that one was the GA then announced that the following week they were going to move the game uh, against Mayo to Crow Park so uh, thankfully we got a run out in Crow Park uh, had a win over Mayo in that uh, semi-final and we were back then the following week for, for the league final against Waxford so um, yeah at, at county level that was uh, actually at any level I think that was they were my first um, venture on to Crow Park as a player um, so obviously he's went on to make the Ulster final then against Throne and it was it was in Croke Park as well. Was that a strange feeling going into it, you know, playing an Ulster Championship game in Croke Park? Um, it probably wasn't because I was there the year before uh, and we'd actually played Donegal in the Ulster final and then obviously we had the the disastrous all air quarter final against Fermanagh. Um, so they probably felt like two Ulster Championship games at Croke Park at that stage, albeit uh, I was only a sub, I didn't get to play in them. Um, but yeah, it was. we had our two league games in 05 and I was sort of, you're starting to get used to the, to the surroundings. Um, but it was just, if you sort of think back to, to that time, there just it was such an edge uh, to the Armagh, to own rivalry at that stage. Uh, Given hindsight now, you look back, it, it probably was very unhealthy. And I suppose now you think of it, it, it is just sport. Uh, and I, I think it, it probably went a couple of steps too far at times in, in terms of how serious people took it. Um, but definitely there was a lot riding on it uh, going into that game. Um, it was huge publicity. Um, obviously, they were, we were all Ireland champions 02. They were in 03. The two of us fell at the same hurdle in 04. Um, so there was, was a big build-up uh, and plenty of excitement around it. Um, and then just on that game, Tyrone were sort of way ahead of you. Um, you kept the scoreline fairly close, but they, Tyrone were probably the better team on the day, weren't they? Uh, there's no doubt about it. They were, they were, they were without the, the better team. Um, as, as, a, as a group, we never really played that well. Um, and, and I know myself, it definitely... It's, 
ranks up there with one of my poorest performances um, for for Clubber County. Um, had a really bad day. Had a tough time trying to, to handle and um, McGinley um, made plenty of uh, just basic errors myself. Um, so it was yeah, it was one that uh, you'd probably like to forget. Uh, handy enough. Um, Stephen O'Neill, to be fair, was over there just kicked points from absolutely everywhere, right and left foot. Found it very hard to to get a handle on it at all. But um, so it's typical of of that Armagh group at that stage. Uh, even though they were playing so poorly, um, they just kept hanging in there, and we got a draw whenever probably five minutes to go. It didn't even look remotely like it was going to happen. Uh, from memory, I think it was Oshin. Um, got a goal and then directly from that there Paul McGrain hit a hit a superb score off the outside of his right boot from 45 yards out into Hogan um, and we finished really strong and like I said that was probably one of the main characteristics of that group was the, the mental strength and um, the toughness and the willingness to hang into a battle even whenever things weren't going well so that was um, that was pleasing um, from the group's perspective in that it against a quality opposition uh, we, we managed to get something out of it and give ourselves a chance to, to get back at another shot at them um, Just thought you mentioned Stevie O'Neill obviously I think he scored 10 points on the day and a lot of um, a lot of abuse maybe went to Francie for not being fit to mark him but what what was it like for a defence trying to defend he obviously got player of the year he was in great form What for a defensive unit what was it like trying to defend him yeah, well, I suppose my perspective, I couldn't handle anything in the beginning with myself, so there was no way I was able to get back to help Francie, which sometimes you, you can do that as a defender if the ball's coming down the opposite side of the field. And say, if I was playing at number five, you know, at times you can drop off your own man to, to be the next person in to, to help a full back or a corner back. But they say, unfortunately, on that day, um, I had more than enough to deal with myself. So, the quality of ball that was going into Stephen O'Neill that day, you know, it was top class. So that that does come from out the field, you know. That's I suppose outfield players in terms of ourselves as halfbacks, midfielders, half forwards. It was up to us to try and you know have a bit more heat on, and so that it was giving our full back lane a bit of a chance. Um, but uh, I remember just after the game, like just typical fancy. He just sort of looked at me and laughed and just says, I'll be glad to see the back Stephen O'Neill. You know, I'm sure he, he was very annoyed over it, but just the way he went on, and he just sort of laughed about it and said, sure, what could you do with him? Um, and in fairness, even as a player on the field against him that day, um, as much as it was tough to stomach the amount of scores he was getting, you nearly couldn't but admire him um, because he really said right or left foot. Um, and he... For Marquis Ford, he was just he was a very, very aggressive player. Um, attacked the ball very hard, hit hard, um, which sometimes you don't get with your finishers. But in 2005, now I think there was there was a lot of people ended up like um, like Francie and, and struggled to, to contain him. Um, but uh, I think as good a job as I've ever seen done in him, we might come to it a wee while. But was was Kieran Kiever his job in him in the All Ireland semi final? Um, he was he was unbelievable on him. So um, that was a huge positive for Kieran. Um, and then just on that first game, um, if you remember, you took a free kick and hit a short, and John Devine caught the ball, but he seemed to pull it in behind the line. 
and it should have been a goal. Would you have been aware of that at the time, or was it maybe just when you went home to watch the Sunday game, you realised maybe that should have been a goal? I, I, I actually knew at the time because it was such a bad miss and I was so close to goals and it probably summed up how bad the day, the day was for me. Um, just too casual. It was literally a 14-yard free kick um, just slightly to the to the right of where the, the, the big box was. Um, a tap over, but just too casual. Dropped it short, but you could actually see as soon as he caught it, he pulled it into his chest, but he actually ended up taking a couple of steps back behind the lane, but... Um, it wasn't really one I was going to start complaining about because it was such a bad basic error to make by myself. Uh, and I suppose to compound this, um, I can remember the ball just goes the whole way up the the Cusick stand side and throw and end up scoring from it. You know, from from what should have been a, a tap over score um, to missing it, and then they go up the field and you know kick a point. It uh, it was just it was another. It was another blow uh, to, to ourselves and, and particularly me. And it was just, yeah, it was a day that was just going from bad to worse, unfortunately. Um, so he's got out of, out of jail, really, in that game and then got a replay. Um, again, fixed for Croke Park. What was the the tension and the atmosphere like, say, just when you were parading around Croke Park at the start? It must have been, it, the nerves must have been unreal. Yeah, uh, in particular... Uh, Whenever you're involved in a team environment, that's obviously number one. But uh, I was under pressure to hold my place. Uh, I, I actually never spoke really to, to Joe about it or to Dad about it. But I, I can imagine I was under pressure to, to hold my place. So um, once I got the opportunity to start, I was just so focused on, on, on doing the job myself um, and making sure that I had a much bigger impact than what I did the first day. I, I don't know whether the first day I overthought the situation too much or I overthought Throne too much, but the second day, uh, as we were praying around, I knew it was it was time to start delivering whenever it mattered. Um, and I, I was just I was extremely focused on, on making sure that I was ready for it. Uh, I think as a, as a team... Um, we were definitely we were fired up for it because we knew the first day we were fairly fortunate to, to get anything out of it. Um, and I think just the, the exchanges throughout the whole game, I suppose whenever you see some of the top games now and the amount of scores that there is in them, um, if you look back at them games, you might think they maybe weren't of that higher quality, but the intensity was just something that you probably just really don't experience anymore in football to be honest with you because even at that stage I know Tyrone maybe a lot of people talk with them that they're negative or a blanket defence but if you actually look back at it they didn't at that stage they very much went man to man similar to what we did where we would have had maybe Geezer just dropping off as an extra defender reading the situation and they had Conor Gormley similarly doing the same but other than that, around the field, you had to win your own battle, um, and there was always someone in your face. There was always pressure on you. So they say, retaining possession, uh, securing possession, the most basic passes, and um, you always had pressure on you. Um, and that was something that uh, probably the fact that we ended up playing them uh, three times that year, you just become a wee bit more accustomed to. But it's it's not something that you see a huge pile of anymore, unfortunately. And then just on the nerves and stuff, you got a point early on. Was that important for you to just to settle yourself into the game? It was. It was massive. Um, I, I 
remember that ball. It, it was just Stevie got along to the Cusick stand side and, and played it to me. And I actually was just going to go as hard as I could towards goal. Uh, and it was Ray McMenamin cut across me. And I actually ended up kicking it over with my right foot, which was fairly rare. Um, but it, it was just... I was trying to play with a bit of urgency that day. Um, I was trying to get on as much ball as I could, as early as I could, because sometimes if a game passes you by, uh, particularly at the intensity that they were being played at for the first 10, 15 minutes, it can be very hard to get into it. So early on, I was trying to drive up that field as much as I could to try and put my man at the back foot and, and get on the ball. So definitely it was it was a good boost for me to, to put a score on the board and confidence got up after that. Um, and then, so with 20 minutes left, um, Tyrone were ahead by four points. It was 11-7, and Mickey Hart decided to bring on Peter Calvin and Owen Mulligan. Um, what was, personally, what was your thoughts, and what was the feeling around the team? Like, he's obviously knew Calvin was going to come in at some stage. Yeah, to be fair, like... I remember standing looking over the sideline and whatever just to substitute a call and you were looking over to see and in fairness you see Owen Mulligan and Peter Cannon come running on it's it's not bad substitutes to have but we would have always backed ourselves in terms of you know Enda uh, Randy Mallon Kieran McKeever those boys they were able to, to pick up and deal with, with the best of players um, Enda had already had many great battles with Peter, you know, for maybe the seven or eight years uh, previous to that there. So uh, we would always be well organised in terms of our different matchups, uh, regardless of what stage someone was coming on. Um, at that stage, probably we were still fairly under pressure um, and trying to rein them back in. Um, and it would have been a matter of uh, fairly certain as soon as that man come on. He would have just uh, identified players would have made their way to them. Um, they probably didn't last a huge pile, uh, if I remember correctly. Definitely, Peter didn't. Um, from from he came on, but no, like I said, that was a very very experienced team um, that that we would have had uh, boys who had been there for a number of years and uh, played in plenty of big games. So it was a matter of just couple of quick words and reorganise ourselves and make sure that the right men were on who they were supposed to be on and just get on with things. Um, as you said, Peter Canavan only lasted maybe 60 seconds um, and you were a lot closer to the action. What what did he do for, did, did you see what he had done for the red card? Did he deserve it? <laughs> to be honest with you, I, I didn't think he did deserve it. Um, and no footage that I've ever seen since uh, would tell me otherwise. I, I think just what happened then was probably just similar to what was going on between the games. Anything would have boiled it over, you know. And it, it felt like that, even just playing the smallest of things seemed to bring a, a gathering of bodies around. Um, I suppose Tyrone, in fairness, that had this bit of a thing where no matter what happened, it always three or four men coming running in, pushing and shoving, shouting at referees and. I think just uh, the type of players that we had, they just weren't going to take backward steps from that. And it just sort of kept leading to the flashpoints basically out of nothing. Um, and that probably was just one thing that uh, I was delayed to win it, delayed we get over lane. But the fact that Canavan got sent off, I think Steve O'Neill got sent off for two yellows, and it was a bit of a mistake. I thought it just took away from, from our win a wee bit. Um, because they probably weren't deserved and um, I knew after them games that it wasn't going to be the end of, of that throne team and 
it might have been just a wee bit of extra motivation for them. Um, you know, knowing that they would have felt that they were actually done by uh, having the two men sent off. Um, but uh, the only other thing is, you know, Ray McManaman dropped his knees on, on John McEntee's face and throat uh, at one stage and got away with it. Uh, only got a yellow card for it. So sometimes these things even themselves out. Um, and you sort of touched on it there just after the, obviously, relief to get over the line to get the Ulster title, but was there a feeling within the squad that if he's were going to push on then and win the Ireland, he's going to have to beat Tyrone again? Yeah. Um, I think they ended up playing Monaghan the following week again um, in Crow Park in the qualifiers and they beat them and then obviously it set them up with the, the two contests with, with Dublin. Um, we had played and beaten Leeson and their game with Dublin went to, went to a replay but uh, I think everyone within our squad sort of felt after that us the final that that wasn't going to be the end of throne for the year and that it was going to be somewhere down the track uh, we were going to have to, to do the same thing all over again so while it was brilliant to, to win the, the Ulster title and obviously say from a personal point of view for me it, it was brilliant to play on a winning Armagh team in Croke Park um, it just it nearly, uh, it was still hanging over you, um, that you knew you're probably going to have to do the same thing, plus a wee bit more all over again. And then in that semi-final, obviously Peter Canavan was again the talking point, um, with the free kick at the end. Was it? Would you have felt, you know, if Mulligan had hit it, there might have been a chance that he would have missed, but with Canavan, there was no way he was going to miss it. That, but uh, if you remember just the day in a form that the Mulligan hit from that wonder goal against Dublin, nothing would have sort of surprised you the way he turned the season around. So it, it just, to be honest with you, I, I can remember, and it, there's plenty of images over it that you'll see over the years. I just was standing sort of around the penalty spot and I was just devastated because um, I knew once I seen the, the, the free even given, I was thinking we're not going to get much of a chance here. Um, I knew either of them was going to kick it over the bar to be honest with you and I just remember just shouting at Paul Herty have a ball ready just get this out as quickly as possible I, I was making a run out to the Cusick stand side I thought he might have given us one more chance um, but I can remember as soon as I seen the free being given that um, either of them uh, the chances of missing was going to be fairly slim um, it was just try and get this ball out as quickly as possible try and get it up to the end of the field if he would give us a chance at all, and, and he didn't. Um, and she's even looking back at it. I think it was it was on TV recently on Air Sports. Like the games that we played, the physicality, the intensity of them, and to give a free like that there to to put a team into an All Ireland final, like it's it's definitely is up there. I don't like giving out about referees, or I don't like banning, but I definitely think we we were hard done by. Um, like I said, Kieran's performance and Stephen O'Neill that day was like that was the footballer of the year. You have to remember he was absolutely outstanding. I think he possibly kept him to to one point from play, um, which was unbelievable considering the form that O'Neill was in that year. Um, and yeah, to, to, to give away a free uh, like that there, I just I thought Paddy Russell was was extremely harsh on us. Um, I can only imagine like the empty feeling there would have been in the changing room because out of the three games that's probably the best Armagh had played would you say that? Oh without doubt um, like, we 
probably never really hit top form in it, but I don't think Tyrone ever did over any of those games. But I just think it's because both teams are so well matched. But I just thought the last 20 minutes, um, just we were coming so strong. Uh, you know, we were starting to win battles all over the field. Um, and then I just felt Stevie's goal was just such a turning point in it. Um, typical of him, out of absolutely nothing. You know, where I'd say if he literally had anything barred the width of a ball to aim for uh, and he still got it in um, it was you know, it was a goal that you were talking earlier on about, uh, about the atmosphere like I never played the most tense game and the most um, sort of engrossed in an atmosphere that I ever felt in my life was the semi-final um, I remember from the parade around before it to that whole game on the field it's rare but you could literally feel the tension from the stands on the field with every score, every tackle, you 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 were a part of it nearly with the crowd, um, and just I remember the noise levels just that last 10, 15 minutes. Uh, it, was, it was unbelievable to be part of, um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely it's one that even all this time later, it's even to see once it, it, the ball goes up and I've seen where the freeze going for Canavan. I, I still have to stop watching because I just I know what comes after and it's it's very very hard to take it's it's as close as I ever got to, to making an all Ireland final and, and it was just my first year um, from a season that had been going so well for it all then like that it was yeah it was, it was absolute heartbreak and he said it's funny that even all this time later all these years later it doesn't get any easier unfortunately and obviously we'll never know but do you feel would Armagh have beaten Kerry in all Ireland? felt the team at that stage you know they had already won their All-Ireland they'd been in another final we had obviously the setback of humanity the year before um, we had won an All-Ireland on 21 and 04 we had fresh faces coming through in the likes of that obviously Andy had been there in 03 but myself and Kieran had been starting to push for a place Brian Mallon um, so you had fresh faces coming through um, who had already won in All-Ireland as well so you know the confidence levels that we were coming through with and enthusiasm um, I just thought that 05 was a year where we were going really well um, and yeah I, I would have been fully confident um, had we had made that their final obviously it was going to take another huge effort and uh, you were playing an experienced carry team but I, I just I would have had no doubt uh, in that RMA team that we would have had with a talk um, to get over the line on, in 05 uh, had we made it to an All-Ireland final day. Um, and obviously it didn't. the year didn't end the way you wanted it to, but you did pick up the Young Player of the Year award that year. Yeah, that was that was uh, brilliant to get. Um, obviously it was just a break to a year, but to get nominated for an All-Star and to, to, uh, to get the Young Footballer of the Year, um, I think at the time you probably don't think a huge pile about it but now if I, if I sit back and you look at the, some of the names that have won it and, and the careers that they went on to have um, yeah it's it's nice to have um, it was nice to be recognised and, and t- to make it to uh, a big night out with so many of the top names of football and hurling uh, it uh, yeah, it's it's just it's it's an enjoyable occasion. It's it's a rare occasion, you know, that you get to mix and mingle with with players from all over the uh, the country. So to be there and the night to, get, to pick up an award and to be able to enjoy it with um, 
the girlfriend is named Amy wife and have mum and dad there. Um, yeah, it's it's fun memories to look back on. Um, and just finally then, Orin, obviously that was peak Armagh Tyrone rivalry. Do you think will it ever get back to that height again? Uh, I would say if, if if we can both meet um, at the right time, I I would imagine the rivalry would kick in just the same again. Uh, I think it's just in our nature as as GA people, and um, I think whenever two groups of people and two counties want something that's bad, um, I, I would say that there'll, there'll be absolutely no different. Um, I think just in terms of Ulster in, in, in recent years. Um, there's no doubt about it that we've definitely slipped down the pecking order in terms of um, teams that are, are competing and have the potential to, to win all Ireland's. Um, but these things do go in cycles. Um, and I know there's a few counties, uh, probably particularly uh, the likes of Donegal and Throne, that would see themselves closing that gap. Um, but I definitely think ourselves in Armagh, uh, we have a great crop of players there at the moment. Um, and I'm not sure how much football we'll get this year in county level. I'm not sure what format, but I think if we can at least get these two league games um, <laughs> played out at some stage, I'm fully confident that uh, we'd make it back up to Division 1. And I think realistically, um, that's where everybody's need to be playing at uh, on a regular basis um, to, to get themselves used to uh, playing against the elite teams uh, and I think we have more than enough players who once they get exposed to that level and that quality of football that I think they'll find their feet very quickly in it. That's great Orrin, thanks very much for joining us. Not a problem at all, anything. That's all we have for you today folks. Massive thanks to Orrin Kiernan for joining us and reflecting on that 2005 season and thank you all once again for tuning in. Make sure to watch out for tonight's Armagh Ladies Club Championship draw, which takes place at 8pm live on the Armagh LGFA Facebook page. Once again, thanks for listening, and we'll be back next Wednesday with another show for you. See you then.